Welcome to this special series of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast, hosted by me, Christina Simmons, who will be your guide for this audio online retreat that's going to be focused upon continuing to help you become the saint God created you to be. This retreat, we're going to be reading from the spiritual classic, The Soul of the Apostolate by Dom Jean-Baptiste Chattard. And it's going to include a brief reflection and daily resolution. It's designed to help you incorporate and live out that wisdom in your daily life. So, join with me now as we take our next step in our pilgrimage towards holiness. Hello and welcome to Day 42. We begin the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask you to open our hearts and minds as we pray this prayer from St. Augustine, our patron and intercessor. Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I love but what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I always may be holy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today uh, we talk about mental prayer as a necessary element of interior life and consequently of the apostolate. And then we will also, uh, he presents three points um, and we will go through the first point and then we will focus on uh, the second um, and third as we move forward in the days ahead. So we begin. No results may be expected from a vague desire for the interior life conceived after the hurried reading of some book. This desire must take shape in a precise, fervent, and practical resolution. Many active workers have asked us to help them on their way to carry out their project of an interior life by stating a few general resolutions. The answer to their request means adding a kind of appendix to the present volume. However, we are glad to accede to their desires since we are convinced that no active worker, priest, or layman will be truly will have truly profited by the reading of what has been said so far unless he is fully determined to set apart a certain time every morning for mental prayer, and that, on the other hand, no priest who wishes to make progress in the interior life can neglect to use the liturgical life or to practice custody of the heart. It seems to us more practical to present these three points in the form of personal resolutions. We make no pretense of originating a new method of mental prayer, but merely attempt to extract the pith of the Beth methods. So one, fidelity to mental prayer. Resolution on mental prayer. I firmly resolve to practice mental prayer every morning. Number one, is this fidelity to mental prayer absolutely necessary? I am a priest. I heard on my ordination retreat the grave words, Sacerdos Alter Christus. I then understood that if I do not make Christ in a special manner the source of all my life, I will not be a priest according to his heart. I will not be a priestly soul. As a priest, I must live in intimacy with Christ. This is what he expects of me. I will not now call you servants, but I have called you friends. But my life with Christ, principle, means, and end, will develop in proportion as he is the light of my reason and of all my interior and exterior acts the love that regulates all the affections of my heart, my strength in time of trial, in my struggles, in my work, and the food 
of that supernatural life which makes me share even in the life of God. Fidelity to mental prayer will guarantee this life with Christ. Without mental prayer, it is morally impossible. Shall I dare to insult by my refusal the heart of him who offers me the means to live in friendship with him? Another important, though negative, aspect of the necessity for mental prayer is in the economy of the divine plan, it is a sure defense against the dangers inherent in my weakness, in my relations with the world, and in certain of my duties. If I practice mental prayer, I am clad, as it were, in a steel armor and am invulnerable to the shafts of the enemy. Without mental prayer, I will certainly be wounded. Hence, there will be many faults which I will hardly notice, if at all, and yet they will be imputed to me as their cause. A priest in constant contact with the world faces the choice between mental prayer or a very great risk of damnation, said the pious and learned and prudent Father Dursamont, without any hesitation, and he was one of the most experienced preachers of ecclesiastical retreats. Cardinal Lavergere, in his turn, said, quote, For an apostle, there is no halfway between sanctity. If not acquired, at least desired and pursued, especially by means of daily mental prayer and gradual corruption, end quote. Every priest can apply to his meditation the words which the Holy Cross inspired the psalmist. Unless thy law has been my meditation, I had then perhaps perished in my abjection. Now this law goes so forth goes so far as to oblige the priest to reproduce the spirit of our Lord. A priest is as good as his mental prayer. Two classes of priests. One, priests whose resolve is so firm that they will not even allow their mental prayer to be delayed by pretexts of social niceties, business, and so on. Only a very rare case of absolute impossibility will make them postpone it until some other half hour later in the morning nothing more. These true priests set their hearts on getting definite results in their mental prayer, which they insist on keeping distinct from their thanksgiving after mass, from all spiritual reading, and from the composition of a sermon. They possess sanctity by virtue of their efficacious desire for it. As long as they persevere in this course, their salvation is morally certain. 2. Priests who make nothing but a half-hearted resolution and who put off and so easily omit their mental prayer altogether, distort its object, or make no real effort to succeed in it. What can they look forward to? Inevitable tepidity, subtle illusions, a drugged or distorted conscience, and these are steps on the slippery path to hell. To which of these two class do I want to belong? If I hesitate to make my choice, my retreat has been a failure. All these things go together. If I give up my half hour of mental prayer, even holy mass and therefore my communion will soon give me no personal profit and may even be imputed to me as a sin. The laborious and almost mechanical recitation of my breviary will no longer be the warm and joyous expression of my liturgical life. No vigilance, no recollection, and hence, no ejaculatory prayers. Alas, no more spiritual reading. My apostolate will be less and less fruitful. No frank and sincere examination of faults. Still less a, any particular examine. 
Confession, a matter of routine and sometimes of questionable worth. The next step will be sacrilege. The citadel, less and less well defended, lies open to the assault of a legion enemies. The walls are full of holes, and soon the whole place will be in ruins. So, what a powerful analogy <laughs> that Dom Jean-Baptiste gives us as he's talking about the two classes of priests, but I would argue and say that's the two classes of people, period. We either are firm about our mental prayer and we only delay it in very rare instances. Um, and as he says, we will possess sanctity by virtue of our efficacious desire for us. And what does efficacious mean in this case? That we are effectively desiring it. And how do we effectively desire it? Through our actions. It's about obedience. It is about us ensuring that we're doing all that we can in order to allow God's grace to infuse into our minds and hearts and souls and transform us. So if we don't, if we do half-heartedly, we are, you know, and he, he tells us and that quote, these are the steps on the slippery path to hell. We are deluding ourselves. And I'm going to speak, it's going to seem harsh, but we are deluding ourselves if we think that we can get by in this world and we can get to heaven, even if we're going, oh, you know, just as long as I get to purgatory. No. If you miss purgatory, you miss the mark. There is nothing that is more important in our lives. And I commend you for getting to day 42. This is seven weeks. Sorry, six weeks. My math is always bad. This is six weeks worth of you investing in your spiritual life. And there will be fruits that will come from this. But if you don't apply this into your life, then it's going to be in vain eventually. So, therefore, um, again, he is trying to tell us over and over again, and this has been the message, mental prayer is a necessary element. And our desire has to take shape in a precise, fervent, and practical resolution. So knowing that our resolution must take shape in a precise, fervent, and practical way, that is my invitation for you today for your resolution, is that how are you going to incorporate and ensure that mental prayer, that period of time that he is inviting us to, is a part of your life? Make it precise. Make it fervent by being obedient to it and practical. So you have to look at your life and you have to determine where is it that I can, you know, spend this time. So know my continued prayers for each of you. The practical stuff tends sometimes to be harder and more challenging uh, than the theoretical. Um, but know my continued prayers for each and every one of you. And I know that you can do this. You are six weeks into this, you're more than halfway, and let's keep on this road so that we can know without a doubt that we will uh, find sanctity because of our efficacious desire for it. God bless.
Thanks for listening to this episode of this special series of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you think of others who may benefit from listening, be sure to share the podcast with them. Until next time, know my prayers for you to be given whatever graces you may need to continue doing whatever it takes on the journey towards holiness. So together, we can tell the master of death, not today. God bless. Thank you.